We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Prize Bank. Up next, the latest on the Missouri Tigers from KCSN, which features multiple shows each week with Border War with former Missouri forward Jarrett Sutton and former Jayhawks guard Jeff Hawkins. And Mizzou, that's who, with insider Gabe Diarmung, Maggie Johnson, and Tucker Franklin. The latest news, the top stories, and an insider perspective to keep you in the know. Make sure to follow us on your new home for Missouri Tigers podcast, KCSN. And now, the latest on Mizzou Athletics. The Missouri Basketball Tigers fall in Starkville, and we are here to talk about it. Hello and welcome into Mizzou. That's who your podcast from Missouri Athletics here on KC Sports Network. As always, I'm joined by Gabe Diarmid and Maggie Johnson. Gabe, is the world ending because the Missouri Tigers lost in Starkville, Mississippi? Uh, by the time you hear this podcast, probably yes. Uh, yeah. Apocalypse has hit us. Um, Tucker, you promised me excited Tucker voice. That yeah. that was more voice that was merited by the loss in Starkville than excited. That's but fair. it was hard to get excited about. I mean, I, I'm not going to say otherwise. It was ex- as exciting as the broadcast seemed with that network, SEC network gem. Oh, yeah. You always get a you always get a great product. You always get ESPN's best foot forward on the NCC network. Uh, we know that. Uh, Maggie, how are you doing this week? Um, good. It was funny because I was looking at the score of the game and I was about to be like, "Well, how could Tucker get excited about a twenty point loss? Yeah. They only lost by eleven, but for some reason, it felt like we lost by like thirty. So, I mean, I I kind of understand uh, the the tone that you're going for, Tucker. I was trying to get up to uh, to excite people to listen to this podcast and want them to listen to it further. Um, and listen, I can only do so much. I can only do my one eleven. I've got to have I got to have some other uh, factors outside of my control. Uh, help us. Get Wait, if, if you're saying more of this is going to be on me and Maggie, that might be an issue. No, 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 no. I'm saying more of this is on the on on the Missouri Basketball Tigers. So get this on it. Because uh, as you guys mentioned, 63-52 to 52 loss in Starkville. Only one game to talk about. We're doing a little tight turnaround podcast just to get back on our normal schedule here. Just to get thrown off our normal schedule again when the Chiefs win the Super Bowl next week. Uh, so uh, manifesting it out right now. Just going to go ahead and then put those good vibes out there. There's no such thing as jinxes either. That's uh, something that I like to stand on. So um, Certainly not for many of us. No. I mean, what, what am I going to say on a Missouri basketball podcast that's going to make the Chiefs do anything different. 
nothing. It, that's, that's like my favorite is always when you start talking about what they need to do to make the tournament. Well, they just got to take the next game. No, I know they, but like right. me, internet guy, I could talk about absolutely. I could talk about 2029. It's not. Well, it's one of my favorite things on Twitter is whenever like fans of other fan bases like come at you for like the fan base you're you are, and I'm like, you literally have nothing to do with the game that's being played on the field, my guy. Like absolutely nothing. So you're talking smack to me about however whoever beat us, Tennessee fans beating us by forty. I'm like, I don't really care. You didn't play the game. No, uh, we'll we'll get into a little bit of bracketology as well uh, because we can we can do that. Um, this Gates isn't going to, but we can get into it. So let's talk about this Mississippi State game. Uh, we were talking before the podcast started. Nothing good for Missouri athletics happens in Starkville, Mississippi. Um, we've played them in football twice. We looked this up. Since since joining the SEC, Missouri has played them in football twice. Lost to them twice, one of those times being in the SEC. Gabe, how many games has it been since Missouri has beat Mississippi State? Uh, they have lost, I believe, seven in a row, but they are one and nine all time in Starkville. There you go. Uh, they won seventy eight to thirty six their first year in the SEC. They unfortunately could not bank any of those forty two points for future trips to Starkville because they might have come in handy at times. Well, yeah, if all we had to do was score seventy points to win, uh, it would have helped, but we didn't even really get close to seventy points. What's, well, what's and, the and really, I mean, we're 16 and 0 when we're when we've scored 70, right? Yes. And the games in Starkville, I mean, this was the closest one. They lost by 11 last week. Uh last year they lost by 19. Uh the year before that they lost by 15. The year before that they lost by 27. The year before that they lost by 19. Year before this is the second closest game they've ever played in Starkville actually. Uh, they they lost 52-43 one time. So one time they have lost by fewer than 10 in Starkville. That's uh, an incredibly sad statistic. Uh, uh, now, well, I'll be mean, I mean, fair. Mississippi State is the greatest program in the history of college basketball. It's to be expected. You don't just go to the hump and walk out a single-digit loser. Maybe we should start singing about Mississippi State and Mr. Brightside instead, and maybe it'll... <laughs> right. Yeah, that'd be yeah, too many syllables. I feel like S Mississippi State would be tough to fit in. It would be a lot of words. But if anybody can do it, uh, I'm sure the student section could figure it out. Yeah. You're going to have to say Mississippi really fast. You're going to have to get through that one real quick. <laughs> you have to make that one one syllable. Um, no, but again, uh, Missouri drops to 17 and six on the year, five and five in SEC play. Uh, listen, and this Mississippi State team isn't necessarily, uh, Gabe, as you mentioned, <laughs> sarcastically said, that this isn't like the cream of the crop of SEC basketball, this Mississippi State team. Uh, they're 15 and eight on the year, three and seven in league SEC play. So they hadn't played very well against SEC teams, uh, but they played well against the Missouri Tigers on Saturday. Um, and you know, you can only do so much. They're also not awful, though. I mean, yeah. they pushed Alabama. They pushed Tennessee. They uh, they are ranked higher than Missouri in the net. They were, according to Ken Palm, they were going to win this game. According to, I don't understand how you can predict, right, that they have a 71% chance to win, but that's what the SEC Network said. Mississippi State had a 71% chance. They were favorites in Vegas. I feel like this is a game Missouri fans thought they should win, but everyone outside of Missouri fans said this was a game they should lose. 
And they're just like any other team right now in the SEC is that they play really well at home and they don't play that great on the road. I mean, they just beat TCU at home yep. days ago. Or a week if you, ago, if you take away, if you take away Tennessee and Alabama, do you know what the cumulative record of SEC road teams is? I kind of forgot, but I did read it on Power Mizzou today. So. It's twenty-five and fifty-five. I, I mean, it's like they win two out of every seven games on the road. Missouri's record is actually better than the league-wide road record at two and four. And okay, so we talked about this a little bit before you came on the podcast and you asked Coach Gates why it's hard to win on the road or why he can't win on the road. Uh, I, I I just asked why it's hard. Yeah, I didn't ask him what, what, just in general in college basketball why it's hard. And what I got out of his answer was that it's hard. And, and I didn't really get any specific details as to what. But here's the weird thing about Saturday. A lot of times it's hard to win on the road because the refs make it hard. Right? The other team shoots a lot more free throws. They get caught up in the crowd. They don't give you calls. I will give Missouri fans a ton of credit. I've not had one person blame officiating for Saturday. Like, I don't think the officiating played any part in that game. That was just, a, I don't know, a team that was shooting lights out all of a sudden woke up and could not shoot at all. Yeah, well, and it's not like Mississippi State shot lights out. They shot, let's see, 42... 42% from the field, fine, whatever. They went three for 20 from three. It's not like they killed <laughs> us. I mean, we just couldn't make anything. And, you know, yeah. we'll credit Mississippi State's defense a little bit. I believe that they're one of the better defensive teams in the SEC anyways. But you just can't go cold like that. I mean, that's the same shots we've been making. Well, and I thought the, the disappointing part of that was – not necessarily starting one for 19 from three or whatever, because, like, look, sometimes that happens. But they had that to a five-point gain and then went one for four from the free-throw line. Mm -hmm. And, like, literally as soon as Du Bois Hodge missed two threes, I tweeted, I said, that feels like it's like that's going to matter. And immediately Mississippi State was just back up, like, nine. And Missouri never really had much of a push again. But... They had gotten it down to where if Hodge goes two for two, it's a one possession game. And like Maggie said, it seemed like they were down like 20 most of the game. And, and they were yeah. right there and they just missed free throws. It's huge. Uh, looking at Mississippi State's uh, Kim Palm adjusted defense, they're six in the country. Um, and so, I mean, that's a, that's a. But so was Iowa State. Like, yeah. that's a very similar team to Iowa State. And Missouri lit up Iowa State. Iowa State also just beat. They beat just just Kansas. Um, that uh, that Iowa State, yeah. right? It was at uh, they they beat Kansas. They now beat Kansas and Kansas State both at home. Um, which I mean, two top ten programs. Um, and Missouri beat them handedly at home. Um, so there is something to playing at home. Like obviously, it's clear if you if you were ever in doubt that there wasn't a home court advantage of basketball, uh, you should. Now be aware because you know number one Purdue <laughs> fell to Iowa or not Iowa Indiana at home. Uh, so I mean there's a lot of a uh, lot of factors going against uh, teams on the road and you know Missouri still had three double digit scores. Uh, DeAndre Golson, twelve points. Demoy Hodge and Kobe Brown had eleven and ten points respectively, and Mo Modaria had uh, ten boards. That's a lot of boards. That's a lot of rebounds. Good to see that guy get in there and get some boards. Well, that game that 
the disappointing part about that game is you went in going, okay, the way you lose this game is if their defense is really good and you can't shoot and if Tolu Smith kills you. And that's exactly how they lost the game. And I think it's frustrating for people to go, okay, this is the thing you can't do. And then that's what happens. Um, and like, I know a lot of people were upset about the substitutions and they seem the lineups were weird. <laughs> but the way Gates explained it is he basically didn't want Kobe guarding Tolu Smith because what he didn't want is for Kobe to be out of the game with two fouls in a minute 20, right? Yeah. Well, it turns out it was Noah Carter. Yeah, he had three thousand in a twenty, and then they just had too many guys. I mean, Modiara, Mabor Majak, Caleb Brown. When you're playing those guys, you're playing four on five offensively. Yeah, you know, and like a lot of Missouri fans said, "Where's Aiden Shaw?" Well, Aiden Shaw doesn't fix you offensively right now. You know, he's not. He other than getting a putback and dunking it. He's not bringing a lot offensively. Gates said to Eddie, he's not rebounding well enough, and that's why he didn't play. But I, I don't know. I think the solution in hindsight would have been, because when they made the comeback, it was Kobe and four guards, and they just played their style and forget what Mississippi State brings. And had they done that from the start, maybe it's a different game. So it, you can fault the game plan, but like, Dennis Gates has done a lot of things right. He's allowed to get one wrong. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know your lineup's a little uh, a little weird when Diara and Caleb Brown are on the court at the same time. It's just a weird. I don't know, but I will say a good thing is that you kind of realize in these games where we're not shooting well, because you do have a player like DeAndre Golston step up. He's a very good one on one player. You see it all the time. I know some people. We'll say certain things, and I get I get it. He has some games that are better than other games. He just can't do it by himself. He's not he's not a player like Kobe who can win the game and kind of carry you. He's an accent player. So when he's the one that's doing everything in the game, that that's a problem. Well, and the, the problem I thought was they only really have two guys who can get the ball and go get their own shot, and that's Golston and Isaiah Mosley. Those guys had seven turnovers on Saturday. I mean, they got their own shot sometimes, but they also got the lane and gave the ball away. Like Golston had three and Mosley had four. And I know it's like it's unpopular to criticize Isaiah's play with the fan base, but he was not good on Saturday. And Golston was okay, but a lot of what he gave you, he took away with three turnovers too. It, you get seven. I mean, if Missouri loses the turnover battle, they're not going to be very many teams, and they lost it. Yeah. We talked about that. We talked about that a lot, actually. Just they're going to get out rebounded, so they have to really win the turnover battle. They have to win literally everything else uh, for the game to kind of go in the direction that they needed to go. And I kind of want to talk about the kind of the reaction after this game because I think sometimes um, I, I'll throw myself into this, especially with basketball. You forget that it's not football, right? Uh, that not a, not ever that your season doesn't hinge on one singular game, and I think that sometimes we fall into that a little bit, especially with the rise of the popularity of the NFL and college football as a whole. Uh, each week means a lot. I think that's why people latch onto football. That's why they like it because each every game means something. In basketball, not so much. I think every game has some meaning, but not every game is uh, is a uh, do or die. 
uh, you still look at uh, Joe Lenardi's bracketology. Missouri is still a seven seed after that loss. So, I mean, it's not like in the grand scheme of things, the loss to Mississippi State is going to completely derail this program and their growth and what they've been able to do this year. Uh, but I do think that uh, it is it is frustrating to lose to Mississippi State once again, but I think that we need to kind of take a step back and uh, just uh, put it in perspective. You're listening to the fastest-growing sports media network in Kansas City, KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. I overall was relatively impressed with the reaction to like I didn't get a lot of freaking out there was some um but you know also realized that like three days ago the people freaking out about this were mad that Dennis Gates doesn't have an extension on his desk yet so it's it's a little bit of a roller coaster uh but like and Gates said today and if you look around college basketball the elite team the top 10 or 15 teams in the country are gonna lose like four or five times bro and that's about it. Other than that, like, you're going to lose games like this one. And you're going to, like, they're flawed. They're they're not perfect. Um, but they're still ahead of where I think any of us thought they were going to be three months ago. Oh, yeah. I think most of us were probably not looking forward to basketball season. If I, <laughs> I mean, I, I look forward to it every year because you're, a hope, as a fan, like, you're hopeful. But the realistic part of me, I guess the Gabe side of me, <laughs> but she's like, I don't know. I don't think this is going to be very fun, but a lot more fun than any of us thought it would be. I thought this seal. I thought their ceiling was the bubble and maybe getting in, you know, if they won a couple of the right games, but I thought the ceiling for this team was like, I don't know, maybe sneak in as a 10 seed. I don't know if the turnout actually even on my radar. Um, I, I, you guys know this. I'd called this basketball team the best, uh, the best JUCO team in the SEC. Mid, I did say mid major. Yeah, you're right. Um, I, I tried to give them less credit than I than than I already did out front. But 
Um, and, and I do think that that was going to be one of those things. I thought there were going to be a lot of growing pains. Not to say that there aren't growing pains this year. I thought there would be a lot more than they'd already had, um, especially with a roster that had been all new together. Um, nobody really knows anything about each other. And then they come in and they look like they've been playing ball together for a while. Um, I think that's a that's a testament to Dennis Gates and how he's been able to get uh, get his team ready to go. And been really happy with how this this team has played this year. Look, I mean, they're comfortably a seven seed um, in the in the Joe Lenardi bracketology that I'm seeing here. Um, so it's it's one of those things that if you would have told me at the beginning of the year that they would be comfortably into the tournament, I, I would have thought, okay, did it Isaiah Mosley go off? What what's going on here? Like, what what was what would be the big storyline? But you know, Kobe Brown developing the way that he did. I don't know if I would have necessarily projected that to be his, his the way he's gone, but I'm glad that it is. Honestly, glad glad that Kobe's the storyline is progressing in, in the way that it has. And and not only comfortably in the tournament, but should remain comfortably in the tournament, yeah. barring kind of the wheels falling off. Honestly, now the way the schedule plays out is gonna it's gonna be hard on Missouri fans because you got South Carolina at home. Look, you can't lose that. Right. right. I mean, you absolutely cannot. But then the next two games are at Tennessee and at Auburn. And realistically, they're probably going to lose both of those games. So they're going to be sitting six and seven in the league and 18 and eight overall. And I think a lot of Missouri fans are going to think, oh my God, like all the momentum's going the wrong way. We're in so much trouble. It's just the way the schedule plays out because then you get. Texas A&M and Mississippi State at home. You get LSU and Georgia on the road and Ole Miss at home. Like, those are five games that you could you could finish on a five-game winning streak. And so with eight games left, if Missouri goes four and four, they're going to be in the tournament. I, I mean, fairly, there are 93 people that do brackets right now. And Missouri is in the tournament in all 93. So, you know, like, 92 of them might be wrong sometimes. But I don't think they're all wrong. And I know winning on the road is hard, but I'm going to go ahead and say the Tennessee game is pretty close to unwinnable. I don't think the Auburn game was unwinnable. I mean, it's going to be hard, obviously. We don't play well on the road. But I wouldn't say, I mean, they're unranked now. You know, they've they've lost a few the past few weeks. Um, I don't think it's unwinnable, but we're definitely going to have to play some of our better basketball to win that game. So here's here's the question for you guys. Had I told you on November 1st or whatever that we get to February, what's today, February 7th, I think? We get to February 6th, okay. And the two teams in the country that have the most similar tournament resume to Missouri are Auburn and Duke. What do you think? I would think, what um, happened to Auburn and Duke? Right. You either think that, like, those two programs were set on fire or, oh, my God, how is Missouri this good, right? But right, if yeah. you look at the the home records, the road records, the split, the the net ranking, the quad wins, they're almost identical to those two teams. Like, wow. those three teams are are virtually the same profile. Other than the line on the front of the jersey. I think North Carolina's thrown in there too. <laughs> yeah, they're they're probably like yeah, there's still one in there. And... Yeah, I would have ne- I would have never guessed that, but I would say we're right in the middle of that. Like, I we obviously haven't played fantastically, and we haven't played horribly, and Duke and North Carolina and all them haven't played horribly. I'd say we're right in the middle. They're underperforming. We're overperforming. I I just I'll think, think it. especially when it comes to like 
getting in the NCAA tournament, I think fans get tunnel vision a lot and only look at their team and don't maybe pay as much attention to everything else that's going on around the country. And all of a sudden you figure out, oh, wait, actually, like we're better than I thought we were. I just didn't watch 27 games of that other team. Yeah. It'll be interesting down the stretch here. You already mentioned the schedule having four home games, four road games, South Carolina on Tuesday, that 8 p.m. tip-off, the midnight tip-off, uh, essentially. Uh, we'll be, Gabe, as you pointed out, I believe the last 8 p.m. tip-off in Mizzou Arena this season. Yeah, I mean, we can't account for, surely they'll probably play the 8-20 game in the SEC tournament that yep. probably starts at 9-15 because that's how that goes. But uh, look, you can't lose this game. I mean, this is, it's not optional. South Carolina is not a good team, but they won at Kentucky. They almost beat Arkansas on Saturday. Like, you got to pay attention, but you can't lose this game. Right. And then they follow that up with uh, going on the road to Tennessee, which uh, you guys, Maggie, already mentioned, going to be a tough one to, going to be a tough one to win. Um, how, how many? <laughs> How many points is Missouri going to score at Tennessee? I mean, like Auburn just scored, Tennessee just scored 46 and one. That game was terrible. That was one of the, I was watching that game and rightfully so I switched over and I watched the Purdue Indiana game because it was way better than the, I didn't even like care at that point, but I think their combined threes were, I mean, I, I don't even know how many they made total. It wasn't very many. It was just a bunch of missed shots the entire day. So if if you can drive over to Lenexa and place a prop bet, the last two years, Tennessee football has scored 62 and 66 on Missouri. Will the winning team on Saturday have more than 66 points? Because I would bet, I would take the under. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I was just thinking, I think I would take the, I don't think I'd take the over on that one. I'm just looking, um, what is it? Do you have their points per game in front of you for uh, Tennessee? No, but I have Google, so if you give me a minute, I pretty much it. You pretty much have it in front of you at that point. Um, I, I, looked wanna, up, uh, I did want to say those threes, though. Okay, so Auburn went three for 27, shooting three, and Tennessee went two for 21. Oof. 37 and two for 21. Tennessee and 11%. Tennessee is averaging 72.3 points a game. So Interesting. Number one defense, according to the Kim Palm's adjusted defense. Number 60th adjusted offense, according to Kim Palm, or Tennessee. Um, as we all know, Missouri has, I believe, the number sixth. Um, I think it's it was at one eight. point. Yeah, I don't know if it's still it. Number eight at the adjusted Sat- offense. Sat- Saturday might have digged that just a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, just a bit. That was, that was, that was quite inefficient. Hey, their defensive rating did go up to 174 in the country. And that was at 188, I think, um, when we recorded this uh, last Thursday. So they went up a little bit, but yeah, no, I think that I think that this is going to be uh, it's going to be ugly. Not going to be a fun basketball game to watch. <laughs> but you, you never know, know like right, right. That's another thing. I I mean, because like Maggie said, they just missed a bunch of shots that they made this year, right? Like, so I don't know. Maybe they go. 15 for 35 from three-point range in Knoxville. I I can't figure out this team. I mean, I've, I've said literally their ceiling is a Final Four. 
if they get the right matchups and they get hot, they could make a Final Four. They also could absolutely lose to almost anybody that they'll play in the first. The bracketology from Joe Lenardi has them facing USC in the first round. Um, I they could lose to it. I admittedly don't know much about the USC Trojan basketball program. I could not name a single player. I couldn't. Uh, listen, Pac-12 football is already hard enough to stay up for. You think I'm going to stay up for a Pac-12 basketball game? No chance. No chance I'm going to do that. Um, but yes, uh, there are should be a lot of... Um, Southeast Missouri State is on the bubble right now. Um, it looks like it's in the in no, player games. Not. So it says, 68-team bracket. Southeast. Well, Missouri. that's like it. They're in as like an, uh, an automatic bid. There's no way Southeast Missouri State is getting an at-large bid to the NCAA tournament. Fair. It's also a playing <laughs> game that they're that they're getting in. Um, AQ is automatic qualifier. Okay, yes. Um, he has Joe Lenardi has Southeast Missouri State winning their conference tournament. Is what it is. Okay. Um, that makes a little bit more sense. If I would have just read the legend before I started talking, this would have gone a whole lot smoother. But <laughs> that's what you got game for. I know. I mean. Call me on all that. If, if you do like actual research before the podcast, the podcast sucks. It's way more fun to just say things and have no idea if they're actually true. Let people call us out on it, you know? Let, let people go go along with the researches, like if I just asked you what their points per game are. If I would have researched that beforehand, that wouldn't have been as exciting as if we would have uh, just looked it up live. Uh, <laughs> gotta fill the time somehow. <laughs> right, we gotta get to our, we gotta get to our allotted time somehow. Um but no, uh, I think that uh, this this upcoming week, this upcoming schedule is going to be, uh, Gabe, as you mentioned, going to be going to be an interesting one with uh, with some good teams and some teams that and some games that they uh, certainly should win. But when it's all said and done, you know, I already mentioned Joe Lenardi has them as a seven seven seed playing at USC in Denver. Do you think, Gabe, that that seeding changes much? Um, I think it has the potential to. I mean, I think the ceiling is about a five, um, and that would involve probably winning at Auburn, I think. Mm. Uh, the floor, I mean, I don't know if you lose at LSU and at Georgia, I mean, you let A&M come in here and win. The floor is still like, I guess you could really be sweating on Selection Sunday, you know? Um, it's not impossible, but I think that would take this team playing worse in the last month than it has in the first three. You are listening to Casey Sports Network, your home for the best coverage on your favorite local teams. Whether you're a Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, KC Current, K-State, KU, or Mizzou fan, we've got you covered. Find KCSN on your favorite podcast platform. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Dave again leaving us speechless. Um, <laughs> no, I think I think that's very fair. I think when when I see a seven seed, um, I still in my brain, my brain is not fully fully formed to think that this team is a seven seed yet, just because I am still expecting the worst to happen and expecting the floor to fall out at any moment. But I do think that uh, that would be a good uh, good first step for Dennis Gates in this program is to not only qualify for the tournament, be a seven seed in the tournament would be good. And as Kobe mentioned when we talked to him earlier this year, winning that tournament game, getting a game that they could win would be uh, would be a big hurdle to get over, especially in year one for Dennis. It has been like we're going to see a lot of that Titanic. It's been 84 years yep. theme, right? <laughs> because hasn't been 84 years, but we are coming up on 4,800 days since Missouri won it in CWA tournament. Yeah, are we at, we're at over a decade, easily. Yeah, yeah. It was, I always have to look up the date. I think it was March 19th, 2010. Because it was Mike Anderson's, not Mike Anderson's last year. Uh, but I believe his next to last year, they beat Clemson. So it might be 2011. It'd been a minute. Wow. Yeah, I did not realize it was that long. Um, but that that tracks. Um, I remember when we talked to uh, C Wide about we talked to C Wide about a lot of stuff in that podcast. Uh, but when he mentioned coaching for Florida State and playing against Missouri, and I believe that game was in was that the game in Nashville, correct? Yeah, uh, that was 2019. 20, it was the Porter year, twenty eighteen. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah, talking talking about that tournament game. Uh, there's been a lot of tournament games I've buried deep in my memory, never to think about again. Um, yeah, they lost to Larry Eustachy in Colorado State one year. Cincinnati, um, obviously Norfolk State, <laughs> which is probably one of them that you you. And then and then Oklahoma in the COVID tournament. Oklahoma, um, just some teams that Mizzou should not lose to. But why should they not lose to Oklahoma? What? But why should they not lose to Oklahoma? I mean, would you? Do you think that Oklahoma, like overall, like program history? I'm not saying that Mizzou is a juggernaut. I'm not saying that. But would you say that overall, Mizzou is a better program than Oklahoma? I would not. Okay. But I grew up with Billy Tubbs and Mookie Blaylock and Stacy King. And Wayne and Tisdale, and when they were like they were, but they were they were number. I mean, they made the national title game in '88. They they had the Blake Griffin years, you know. Yeah, we beat them at home when Blake Griffin. Yeah, came. I was a student, so I got oh, I got a lot of But but no, I would not say that Missouri is. If Missouri is a better program, I would certainly not say it's like better better to the point that you go well. They shouldn't lose. To uh, Norfolk State fair. Should not lose to Norfolk State. Yeah. Absolutely agree with that. But uh, I well, the children. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll look up. Maybe post podcast, I'll look up some things and see, like overall. Because like I think there's a lot of Missouri fans that would say we should not lose to Mississippi State in basketball. Dude, all you do is lose to Mississippi State in basketball. It's like a, it's you perfected losing to Mississippi State in basketball. Maybe it's because Oklahoma's like a football school. And so you're just like, oh, they don't put anything into the basketball program. Maybe it's just like a feeling. I don't know. Was that uh was that Porter Moser's first year there? 
I think that's correct. Maybe. Yeah. I'll just, I'll uh, the COVID year. But I, well, it's like, I, but also Maggie, like Tucker and I were talking about this right before you jumped on them. What, what you're saying there, like we should never lose to that team. Like that's what most teams in the SEC say about Missouri and football. Right. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Well, we, sh- we should never lose it. Like, I hear it all the time. Why South should Carolina. Why should you never lose to this? Yeah. So. That's all South Carolina fans, Arkansas fans say. It's the only thing I ever hear out of them. Why? It's like, they'll be like, because we had a Heisman 30 years ago. <laughs> or like, they'll look at some weird stats. Well, I'm like, I don't think but, that's viable. But that's also like, I mean, why should Missouri never lose to that team? Well, because Norm was here. Dude, that been a minute, man. <laughs> you know, like I mean, and Missouri's had. Don't get me wrong, Missouri's had some good teams since then. But the fact of the matter is, like, I don't think Missouri's had a good. I, it's been twelve years since they've had a sustained basketball program. Ten, ten years anyway. Yeah, ten. It's been a minute. Yeah. Uh, been been quite a while. I was just looking at another uh, bracketology because tis the season, you know. Um, of looking at Braxology. By the way, that was not Porter. That was the whoever was at Oklahoma prior to Porter Moser. Long Kruger. Long That was his last year. Um, uh, that's what that wasn't. And, and I'm looking at the CBS bracketology now from Jerry Palm. He has uh, Missouri a six seed going up against yeah. Boise State. I think he had them as a five seed last week, and I didn't quite get that. I think it's a little that, rich. But. Yeah, that seemed a, a little bit um, high to me. Also. I, it just struck me that we started this podcast by making fun of people thought the, about how the world was ending, and then I just went on like a two-minute talk about how bad Missouri's basketball program has been for 10 years. So I didn't mean to to strike that note on this podcast. Listen, I, you listeners, thanks, game. Yeah. <laughs> I don't necessarily think it was wrong. Um, I would have stopped you. No, I wouldn't have. Um, I wouldn't have done that. But yeah. Anything else before we uh, move on? I don't think anything's happened in the uh, football world since we last recorded. Um, uh, rare. That's a rare occurrence that we, we have a time in between podcasts where football doesn't make any noise. Missouri is going to have the earliest spring game I've ever seen, though. I saw a graphic on Twitter from Atia Ellison. The spring game is March 18th. It is feasible if Missouri wins a game in the NCAA tournament that spring football is over before basketball season is over. That's incredible. Which also is great for me because it means I don't actually have to cover spring football at all. We do that every year, though. I remember we did it last year. A bunch of people were asking me, or a bunch of like other teams were really like, hey, when's the Mizzou spring game? I was like, oh, we did it like a month and a half. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, was a, it, it was the day after the bowl game. They just came back and played the spring game the next day. <laughs> <laughs> they were still well-practiced. I thought maybe not well, but. Yeah. That, uh, that's the best way to do it. Um, and I, I do think it's going to be interesting too. I saw Gabe, but there was uh, I think Gerard wrote something about the going through position by position in spring ball. Uh, quarterbacks was obviously a big one uh, to talk about and to look at that position moving forward. So make sure you go check that out on uh, powermaster.com. Yeah, do that. I should read that, shouldn't I? <laughs> it's good. It's I should check that out. Yeah. Good. Good to know. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for this uh, this week's episode. Had a tight turnaround. Only had one game to talk about, but we'll be back next week um, sometime. Probably, I would, I'm going to guesstimate a Tuesday recording of an episode, but 
Might get a little tight there with just the way the Missouri's basketball schedule is because I believe they have another Tuesday game. They do. On Valentine's Day. Uh, they're playing on Valentine's Day against Auburn next week. Um, so we will be back then to talk about some more Mizzou hoops. And by the time I'm sure we record again, I, Missouri football will do something. Um, it's it, They have to. or Maybe. They will. It's slow time. It's slow time. Wait, are you guys picking my Super Bowl winner or no? I mean, I'm going to pick the Chiefs to win by 10. I think I picked 31-23 this morning, Chiefs. Uh, so we'll, we'll, I don't know. I'd, I'd say cautiously optimistic. Yeah. I'm going to say a field goal because I feel like that's win by a field goal. But... It's what they do. Yeah. That's <laughs> how it feels lately. I don't know. The, uh, uh, I'm going to. I'm gonna predict a Kelsey wins. Mm. I would say if you if you are a, a gambler, I would say take a Kelsey touchdown. I feel like that's a nice little safe bet. If you lose, don't blame me because you still made the choice. But I would say, <laughs> I would say a Kelsey TD is looking pretty good. <laughs> great point. Uh, over under on this game set at fifty and a half points. Um, so that is. Be, they're projecting quite a lot of points. The Eagles are favored by a point and a half. Travis Kelsey, anytime touchdown score is a minus 125. Uh, so Vegas expects him to score a touchdown. As well as they expect Jalen Hurts and Miles Sanders to score touchdowns as well. So right there, Vegas is already anticipating three touchdowns um, scored by those three gentlemen. So that would be 7-14-21. Yeah, that's well on their way to their um, over total that they have said. So uh, lots of prop bets going on right now at DraftKings Sportsbook. You can download the code case, download the app, use code KCSN, get some, just, get some goodies. Just to just to tie it back into Missouri, we bet on a Nick Bolton takeaway. Let's, mm. I like that. Can you do He's this? a captain for the Super Bowl, right? Oh, yes. Love it. I, I'm looking right now at his, well, let's look at his, does he have a sack prop? No, he doesn't have a sack prop. I'm sure he has a tackles prop. Over under ten and a half tackles for Nick Bolton to round out the podcast. Gabe, what do you got? I hope it's over because that means he's tackling a running back a lot more than uh, Justin Reed and Juan Thornhill are tackling a running back. And I would prefer that Nick Bolton be making the tackle. So I will just hope for the over without offering any gambling advice and then having to give a disclaimer like Maggie did. If you lose your money, it's still your fault because you're an idiot, not not an idiot. Hey, I never claim to be a betting professional, okay? Just giving some insight. Just giving a little <laughs> non-professional insight. But go back and look at the games that Travis Kelsey scored a touchdown, and if you want to bet against that, you can do that too. Seven tackles for Nick Bolden last, I say last week, but last game against the Bengals. Fourteen combined tackles for Nick Bolden against the Jaguars. Holy cow. 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 22, 23, 24. Is it 24 combined? Oh, wait, no. I messed it up. It's 16 combined tackles. I was adding the wrong number. Uh, against the Raiders, which, incredible. That's a great day at the office. I thought it was said solo and assisted 16 to 8. And I said, hang on a second. That's that's incredible. Um, so 10 and a half, I think, very good line. Shocker. These people are good at their jobs who are setting lines over at DraftKings. Um, I'm going to take the over as well. And I hope you took the over on minutes on this podcast because we have hit it. So thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Mizzou. That's who here on KC Sports Network. Be a friend, tell a friend about the Mizzou. That's who podcast. 
We'll be back next week talking about a few Missouri Tigers basketball games. So until then, we'll talk to you later. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard and think others would as well. You can find all six of our channels at KCSN. Covering the Chiefs, the Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current. Plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou. By searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. Click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.